May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. We're living in some trying times in 2020. As you know, we're going through a worldwide pandemic. Protests around the globe are taking place around police brutality. Racial strife towards immigrants is at a fever pitch. In places like Yemen, Syria, and East Africa, starvation and famine are occurring, and the economy is on the brink of a collapse, which does not include a rise in fascism internationally and domestically. With all of these things happening, I think it's only appropriate to ask, where is God during all this? Some Christians have been taught that it is bad to ask God questions, so while they continue to pray, they really don't address the deep underlying anxiety that undergirds their prayers. Other people have given up on the concept of God altogether, especially people from younger generations who didn't necessarily grow up in the church. After all, what type of God would allow all of this suffering and turmoil? One of the problems that we have in Western civilization specifically in our religious traditions, is we have an anthropomorphic view of God. An anthropomorphic view simply means that we attribute human characteristics to something that is not human. For instance, somebody might say, well, when I sleep at night, I feel like my cat is spying on me. Or when I go out during the spring or fall, the rain clouds follow me wherever I go. Of course, we know that the cat isn't really spying on us, nor is rain clouds actually following us. But when it comes to God, we have a tendency to see God literally as some sort of superhuman being. And the drawback of seeing God in this way is what type of superhuman being would allow a worldwide pandemic or injustice or starvation to persist? But we must remember that God's ways are not our ways, nor are God's thoughts our thoughts, because God's not a man. However, for some people, they can only see God through the male lens or the male viewpoint. He is the Father and can only be seen from the perspective of a patriarchal figure. However, when we do that and we don't see the divine as being also feminine, then we don't acknowledge the the aspects of God, the feminine aspects of God as a mother who can be nurturing and caring, especially when we're hurting. And the Bible is filled with matriarchal imagery. In Isaiah chapter 42 verse 14, God is compared to a woman in labor. In the book of Hosea 11 verses 3 through 4, God is seen as a mother. Throughout the book of Proverbs, God's wisdom is seen as feminine. And in the very first chapter, of the Bible, we see that God has made humans in God's image, which is male and female. We have a lot of work to do as a church and as a society in honoring the feminine aspects of divinity. Yet, whether we look at God as father or mother, or really how we should as both, inevitably they will fall short of describing God who is indescribable which is why today's scripture is so interesting. Uh, in the verse that Lindsay read earlier, Psalms 139 verse 12 says, 
Darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light to God are the same. What does that mean? What does that mean that darkness and light are the same to God? If I might give an analogy of the sun to shed some light on this perspective, pun intended. The sun is essential to humanity's existence. It provides light, health, and energy for our survival. Yet if you stare at the sun for too long, you might spend the rest of your life blind. So while the light from the sun is good, too much of it, and you will end up in darkness. And that's on an external astronomical level. The philosopher Alan Watts advised us to look at things from a internal biological level. There is a battle going on deep inside of our crevices between bacteria and virus and white blood cells. We often look at white blood cells as being good and bacteria as being bad. Yet there is an article by the doctor Jennifer Yeetri where she points out that bacteria breaks down sugar and toxins. It absorbs fatty acids and helps to regulate our immune system. So without a healthy balance of white blood cells and bacteria, we would not be able to stay healthy. I wonder if the anger and the fear between Democrats and Republicans, between conservatives and liberals, is not similar to that battle where we see each other as being evil, while we see ourselves as being good. God is on our side, not their side. However, the verse we read earlier is very sobering and it's very humbling because it's saying it doesn't matter if it's light or dark because God transcends the very essence or very perspective and concept of darkness and lightness altogether. Much like the sun, God's light is so bright that if you look at it for too long, you'll end up right back in the darkness. Back in January of this year, before COVID-19 hit, there was about 20,000 people, or an estimated 20,000 people, who showed up to the gun rally right here in Richmond. If you, if you remember or follow the news at that time, the FBI reported that three white supremacists were arrested in the media, specifically the liberal media outlets, started conjuring up images of Charlottesville 2017 when the race riots happened and a state of emergency was declared by Governor Northam. People in Richmond, or at least some of the people who mostly were liberal or pro-gun control, were very anxious. They were upset and unsure of what that day would bring. Meanwhile, on the other side, conservatives and conservative news outlets were encouraging the rally. They were seeing it as a patriotic display of Americans exercising their rights. Stay away from downtown, that seemed to be the overall advice that I was getting. However, not one to always take advice, I decided to go down and see for myself what was happening. When I went downtown, I actually ran into somebody else uh, from Richmond Hill who was a bit of a gun enthusiast and was able to point out, oh, this person's walking around with a, a Glock 19, I think it's a Glock 19, or this person has an AR-15, this person has a shotgun, and it was hundreds if not thousands of people with these guns. Also, people were waving flags that said, don't tread on me, and had signs of Governor Northam dressed up as Hitler, and of course, signs of Trump. But one thing I didn't see was any Confederate flags, not one, and I didn't see any swastikas. 
Now, I'm not naive to think that there were not any racist people out there, but the vast majority of the people that I spoke with were actually pretty cool people, and it ended up, and it ended up being a peaceful demonstration. But if I didn't go out there myself, then I would have drew assumptions that these are just a bunch of white people that are racist that have guns. When really it was a combination, mostly white folk, but a combination of liberals and conservatives that were exercising their right of free speech to encourage their right to bear arms. Earlier this month, we also had a similar display of camaraderie between liberals and conservatives around gun rights. Now, my point, I'm not a gun enthusiast, and my point is not even about guns per se. The point, rather, is to say that maybe there are things that we have in common and more things that we have in common that, than that that divides us. But unless you actually go to a gun rally or actually go to a Black Lives Matter protest or actually talk to somebody who does not fit into our circles, then how can we ever begin to understand one another? And if we can't understand one another, then what makes us think that we can understand God? If we're truly honest, we don't understand God. And that's an okay thing. In fact, early Christians were okay with that. St. Augustine said that, Seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. St. Aslam says we must have faith that seeks understanding. And in the Bible, St. Paul says the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. So what we have failed to see as Christians is God has a tendency to do the opposite of what we expect. There's a, uh, a news outlet and a story back in 1989, October of 1989, where there was an accidental helicopter crash in New Jersey, which ended up killing three top executives from a local casino. The reason it made national news at that time was because it was found out that the burgeoning real estate mogul Donald Trump was supposed to be on that helicopter but chose to take a different flight. Now with a story like this, if you are a Trump supporter, then you might say, well, this is providence. This is the hand of God protecting who would become our future president. But what if you're not a Trump supporter? What do we make of this story? Especially when we know that earlier this year, Kobe Bryant um, the basketball star with his 13-year-old daughter died in a helicopter crash. Where was God then? In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 45, Jesus says that God causes the sun to rise on the good and the evil. These are verses that are hard for us to deal with. It doesn't mean that God is not concerned with justice. It just further iterates or reiterates the point that we really don't understand God. But it's going to have to be okay that we don't understand God because otherwise we can end up trying to take control. And when we try to take control, when we fill out a control, people make seemingly bad choices. We might amass a stockpile of guns and weapons thinking that it'll keep us safe. But how many guns can really truly protect us or keep us safe? We might start employing Gestapo tactics in our government, arresting American people and American citizens at night simply because they're protesting. 
we might try to live in denial, carry on life as usual, business as usual, church as usual, as if not the very world is changing before our eyes. We might anesthetize ourselves with drugs, with food, with shopping, with sex, with Netflix, trying to numb out ourselves to simply existing. You might even join a revolution, which is not necessarily a bad idea, but we must keep in mind that today's revolutionary is often tomorrow's dictator. So what can we do in an ever-increasing dangerous world? What can we do if we don't really understand ourselves as human beings and our neighbors, let alone God? Well, we can change. The good news of the gospel is that through Christ and through us, God participates in the world that she created, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can call it salvation, you can call it enlightenment, you can call it higher consciousness, or call it being woke. The point is, we can change with God's help. And this is not just a Christian concept. For people like myself who have been involved in 12-step programs, there is the understanding that there is a need for a higher power. For people whose faith traditions are either Buddhist or Hindu, there's the understanding that the breath is internal, but it's also external. Even atheists and agnostics recognize the vastness of the universe and that there's limitations to human logic, which is why Albert Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. He understood that knowledge has its limits, but if we can imagine a God who is big enough to hold all of our differences, the good and the bad, the light and the dark, the transcendent and the imminent, then maybe we can start to understand one another and get along in this thing called life, because after all, we're all in it together. Ultimately, we're going to have to change as individuals if we're going to change as a society and as a nation. Because at this particular juncture, if we don't change, then we might very well end up destroying one another. I think it's only appropriate to end this homily with a reflection on Congressman John Lewis's words. We are one people with one family. We all live in the same house and through books, through information, we must find a way to say to people that we must lay down the burden of hate. Race is too heavy a burden to carry in the 21st century. It's time to lay it down. We all came here in different boats, but we're all in the same boat now. Amen.